today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope everybody's having a good week. All right, I need to talk to you about something real quick before we get into the main topic this afternoon. I overheard a woman talking to a friend about a week ago, and she said that she was uncomfortable being around people when she didn't know who had been vaccinated and who had not been vaccinated for for COVID, obviously. And I just sat there and I thought, why are you concerned about that? If you are vaccinated, why do you care if the person sitting beside you at a Burger King has been vaccinated or not? The vaccine either works or it does not work. If you are vaccinated and the vaccine works, it does not matter if the person sitting next to you has had the vaccination because the vaccine works, they're not going to get you sick. If the vaccine does not work, it doesn't matter if they're vaccinated or not because the vaccine would not prevent them from getting sick and it's not preventing you from getting sick. So either way that it goes, it does not matter if the other person is vaccinated or not. And all the data that we have thus far, obviously that will change a little bit as as more and more sample sizes come in and we have more information, but it looks like this vaccine is unprecedentedly effective against the COVID. You don't need to worry whether the person sitting next to you on a bus or in a movie theater has their vaccine if you have the vaccine, because you're not going to get it. It doesn't matter if they have it or not. It doesn't matter if they're vaccinated or not. If you are vaccinated, you don't need to worry about everybody around you. Take care of your own life and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. All right, now that I've got that off my chest, I've got a question for you. And that is, have you seen what's going on in Cuba last couple of weeks? No? Well, if you said yes, I know one thing about you, and that is that you watch Fox News, because the mainstream media, they're not only not touching this story with a 10-foot pole, they're not looking in the poll's direction. In case you don't know, about a week ago, uh, mass protests broke out in Cuba, protesting against the communist regime that has ruled there since the days of Che Guevara and the revolution and General Batista being ousted. It's actually the first mass protest in 60 years in Cuba. Now, the reason that this is the first mass protest in Cuba, protests have broke out in Cuba. Uh, Fidel Castro cracked down on those fairly mercilessly, as Marxist dictators are wont to do. But the protests began in the city of San Antonio de los Baños. Now, I took Spanish in high school. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember that baño means bathroom. So I went and looked it up because certainly this city is not named after the saint of the toilet. Uh, But it actually, in this context, it means St. Anthony of the Baths. Uh, Apparently that city, I'm going to assume there were springs or something there. But it began in the city of San Antonio de los Baños, and it has spread to more than 40 towns and cities in Cuba, including the capital city of Havana. The citizens of Cuba are protesting because of poor living conditions, shortages of goods, shortages of food. The electrical system is very poor. The communication systems are very poor. Uh, They have poor hospitals and a lack of COVID vaccines, which I 
really find that hard to believe because Michael Moore, one of the greatest documentarians of our generation, made an entire movie telling me how great the healthcare system in Cuba was. So obviously the poor hospitals and lack of COVID vaccines, that's just made up. Those people are just, they're trying to get sympathy from the rest of the world. That's all that is because the hospitals in Cuba are fan-freaking-tastic. Michael Moore said so. Another thing they're protesting about is the Cuban military, and I don't know if this is something that's been going on for a little while or if it's something they've newly implemented, but they have been going house to house, and any male between the ages of 16 and 20 is being pressed into military service. If they refuse, they go to prison for a mandatory 10 years and probably possibly longer. Communist gulags are... They're not famous because they let people out willy-nilly. They're famous because you go there and your family never sees you again. But long story short, uh, the citizens of Cuba have got a laundry list of reasons that they are very unhappy with the communist regime in Cuba right now. Uh, Now, obviously, Fidel Castro died several years ago. His brother took over for a little while, and I apologize, his name is escaping me. I want to say Miguel, but I'm not sure where I'm getting that from. It's probably not Miguel Castro, but Fidel's brother's name is not really here nor there in this story. Uh, The gentleman that is the president, uh, quotation marks around the word president, uh, of Cuba right now is named Miguel Diaz-Canal. He cracked down in the tradition of the Marxist despots. Uh, Military troops are out on the street in force, including what is called the rapid response units, uh, which you can compare that to uh, SWAT teams, stormtroopers, however you want to say it. And on the pro-government side, they also have Communist Party militia. Now, if that term sounds a little vague, I want you to think of jackbooted thugs with sticks. Uh, The militia has attacked a lot of the protesters. The news reports say there are over 100 that have been arrested. Uh, The news reports also say that most of the police stations in Cuba, you have family members, large masses of family members outside of these police stations trying to find out information on missing relatives. Uh, Now, if that is going on all across Cuba, I find it hard to believe that there's only 100 people arrested. It's probably a lot higher than that. The situation has gotten so bad Uh, that Floridians who own boats are delivering supplies to the island. I don't know that that's going to have a huge effect. It's good that people are doing that. They're doing the Lord's work, you might say. But when you send goods to a totalitarian government, I don't care if you drop it off in the jungle, that's going to wind up in the hands of the government. That's not going to go to the people. If the government find Cuban citizens with this contraband stuff, even if it's just food and batteries and things like that, it's going to get taken. And most likely the people that had the stuff, they're going to get taken too. So it's good that people are doing that. I hate to say it, you're probably not actually helping the situation. You might even be throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, You know, by all means, do it if you want to. I just don't think you're actually going to help anybody doing that. In response to the humanitarian crisis going on about 90 miles south of the Florida Keys, uh, the White House has issued statements saying basically, uh, yeah, we don't care. The Homeland Security Secretary, a man named Alejandro Mayorkas, 
issued a statement saying that if any Cubans manage to flee the island and reach the shores of the United States, they will be turned away. They will not be allowed onto U.S. soil. That seems to go 180 degrees counter to what the Democrats normally say. Uh, They are always on TV saying that it's terrible that we don't have open borders and these people just want a better life and they're coming here to escape oppression. Why all of a sudden are they saying, you know, hey, Cuba, go pound sand? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I want to pose a question real quick. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Alejandro, that is a Latino name, if I'm not mistaken. Would anyone like to hazard a guess as to where Mr. Mayorkas was born? Mr. Mayorkas was born in Havana, Cuba, and his parents managed to escape Castro's little banana republic down there and became United States citizens. So why in the hell is Alejandro Mayorkas telling Cubans that they don't need to bother trying to get to Florida when the whole reason that he is here and got to spend years of his life as a lawyer and now he's a very high-ranking cabinet official, why would he tell the people of his homeland that they shouldn't try to escape this communist dictatorship the way his family did? I swear, politicians, it is like... They just try to be parodies of themselves. You see this so often. You've got this guy telling his people that they shouldn't do what his family did. You know, it worked out pretty well for Alejandro here, but he doesn't want anybody else to get away from that horrible situation. You see it with Republicans, these guys that you've got guys that were just staunchly anti-gay marriage for years and years and years, and then they get busted snorting cocaine in a hotel room with a male prostitute. All the Democrats are screaming and yelling that the rich are evil and they don't pay their fair share. Well, all those Democrat senators and congressmen, they're millionaires. Nancy Pelosi is a billionaire. Now, before I get a bunch of hate mail, I understand that she is not, quote-unquote, officially a billionaire, But I will tell you this, if I had $983 million in the bank, I would be telling everybody I was a billionaire. And even if, for some reason, Nancy Pelosi's capital gains and her other investments don't put her over the billion-dollar mark this year, the profits that her and her husband are going to make from that millions and millions of dollars of Tesla stock that they purchased— Coincidentally, a couple of days before Joe Biden announced that the U.S. government was going to replace all their vehicles with full plug-in electric vehicles, that's odd timing. I wonder if, would that be insider trading? No, no, I'm talking crazy. But that definitely will put her over the billion-dollar mark, and that woman has the gall to get on TV and scream about the wealthy and the 1% and how they're oppressing all of us. She'll actually say us when she's talking about that. She's a billionaire. Okay, enough about Nancy Pelosi and political hypocrisy. God knows I could talk about that for about seven weeks straight. But why is this not being reported on like CNN and ABC? Um, when I was doing research for this, uh, the Wall Street Journal had a couple of articles. Uh, you had a couple of articles sort of debunking the whole thing, you know, saying it's it's no big deal. 
I actually found just yesterday there was a article that came out that was talking about generally the Coast Guard and the U.S. Navy that does patrols off the U.S. coast, particularly around Florida in this instance, would catch multiple people a week, multiple groups of people trying to float over to Florida. And suddenly, about the same time, magically, that the protests broke out, since that time they have not found any. And they actually said in the article that officials have released an official statement saying that they don't know if the two are related. We pay these people a lot of money to be in charge of our lives. And they come out with something that stupid. There is a tiny, tiny chance that these two things aren't related. And there is about a 99.9% chance that the reason you have not seen Cuban refugees trying to reach the U.S. is because Mr. Diaz-Canel has cracked down on that island. He's got troops crawling all over the place, making sure people aren't out doing things and are staying in their homes. And he's keeping his thumb on top of every... Boy, that sounds familiar. Am I reading a story from California? No, this is still Cuba. Okay, but of course you're not going to see a lot of refugees in that situation because he's got the island on lockdown and there's troops out patrolling and people are afraid if they step outside, some militia guy that is loyal to the communist regime is going to start hitting them with a billy club. Of course those two things are related. But here's the reason that the mainstream networks are not covering this. There's actually two reasons. The first is simply that the mainstream media is 100% behind the progressive agenda. And the progressive agenda is that communism is a good idea. Since they completely back the progressives, of course they're not going to run a bunch of stories about how communism is collapsing like it has everywhere else in the world on the island of Cuba, and apparently we've just got one more example out of the 50 or 70 or so countries that have dabbled their toes in communism, examples of why it's such a horrible idea. Uh, Now, just real quick, let me point out, I draw a huge distinction between progressives and Democrats. I don't have a big beef with Democrats. Just an example, John F. Kennedy here is John F. Kennedy's sort of base beliefs for what the government should be. He believed in small government, strong military and a strong national defense, and personal responsibility. That is a Democrat I could get behind. There are very few of those left, unfortunately. I mean, but we're talking about a party that the the poster child for what a Democrat could be, one of his most famous quotes is, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Can you imagine anybody on the Democratic side of the aisle saying that today? All right, but anyway, back onto the topic. So you've got CNN and MSNBC and NBC and CBS and ABC, all these news agencies that are 100% towing the progressive party line. So they're not going to come out and say that anything is going wrong in Cuba because there has been a push for the last couple of decades to paint Cuba as a utopia. Um, I mentioned Michael Moore's movie where he was saying that you know, what a fantastic healthcare system Cuba had. I can't believe that the man actually made that movie and people actually took it seriously. I mean, that sounds like a Coen Brothers farce. But that movie actually was made and it was critically acclaimed when it came out. I've never spoke to anybody that actually watched it. 
I may need to watch it just for research purposes. I'm sure that's not going to be a fun evening. I think I will watch that. I just I just want to see what that man had to say about the hospitals in Cuba. But the mainstream media is not going to run a story that in any way shows Cuba or the communist dictators that run it in a poor light because the progressives are pushing communism and they don't want anything to upset the apple cart at this point. They're really trying hard to sell that to the American people. Of course, they don't call it communism, but that's what they're pushing. They want the government in control of everything, including all of the money that's made in the country, and then our benevolent overlords will hand it back down. And I mean, that's all, that's how it works out. I mean, we've got history to show that that is exactly what happens when these communists take over a country. So I don't know why we're fighting against it. It seems pretty great. But they're not going to cover Cuba imploding because that is bad PR and they don't want that. But the second reason, and this is the most damning, is that in Florida in the last two elections, Cubans, and I don't know that it's a majority of Cubans, but a much larger percentage of Cubans than was expected voted for Donald Trump. And that is a nail in your coffin when it comes to the progressives. You do not defy them. They have convinced most Latinos and unfortunately themselves that they are the caretakers of the Latino community. They're there to help them. They're there to take care of them. And how dare you bite the hand that feeds us? What they're not considering in this situation is that most Cubans escaped from a communistic dictatorship. They know exactly what these policies lead to and the kind of heartache and oppression and starvation and and suffering that happens when these ideas get put into practice on a national scale. They've seen it. A lot of them saw it firsthand. I'm sure all of them have a living relative that escaped from it, saw it firsthand. They're not going to vote to install those policies in the country that they escaped to to get away from those policies. The progressives will never see it that way. I've said it before. Progressives use minorities and everything is fantastic as long as they don't try to get out of the little corral that the progressives had built for them. And that's what the Cuban-Americans in Florida have done, and they will never be forgiven on the left. They will always be viewed as traitors and backstabbers, and the left does not want to have anything to do with Cuba or Cuban-Americans right now. And they probably, I mean, it may switch at some point, but it will probably be 30 or 40 years down the road before people on the left forget that Cuban-Americans helped elect Donald Trump. So Cuban-Americans, I'm sorry you're on the naughty list. That's simply the way it is. I apologize, but, you know, those are the rules of our society right now. But in this push to try to make Cuba out to be something other than it's not, the one thing that I have always held in my mind is, you know, I hear these intellectual elites and Hollywood elites, they, you know, they sort of have this love for Cuba. And I've always felt that the embargo of Cuba that we had for so long was one of the worst things that our government could have done. If you want to punish Cuba to try to push them toward a little bit of a democracy, embargoes are going to have the exact opposite effect. Because what they did is they gave Fidel Castro 
a perfect excuse for why things were so bad in Cuba for the entirety of his reign. You know, it's not that I'm a bad president and it's not that this type of government is a big mistake. The reason you don't have food or electricity or medicine, it's because of the evil capitalist pig dogs of the U.S. that have this embargo and we can't get the goods we need and we can't get new industry to come in. It's all because of the Americans. We basically gave him somebody that he could scapegoat and he stayed in power for 50 years because of it. The only reason he's not in power now is because he got old and died. Uh, Do you really think all those years of the embargo that Fidel Castro ever missed a meal? Do you think he didn't have air conditioning in his palatial estate? Do you think he ever spent the night without electricity? He never wanted for a single thing. You did not hurt Castro. You helped him with the embargo. But here's the last thing I want you to remember. You're not going to hear much about this for all the reasons I just laid out. But when you do hear things that are sort of pro-Cuban government, and that's going to come out a lot in the media, that stupid report that they didn't understand why there aren't Cuban refugees suddenly off the coast of Florida. Cuba is such a hellhole right now, and has been for my entire life, that Cubans will risk their lives trying to cross 90 miles of open ocean on a homemade raft that I wouldn't trust to get me across somebody's backyard swimming pool. That's all you need to know about how things have been going in Cuba. When it is better to tell your children, you know, one of two things are going to happen. The raft's going to sink and we're all going to be eaten by sharks or we'll reach Florida. Either way, we won't be here. That's all you need to know about how things are in Cuba. All right, guys, that is about all I've got for you tonight. I appreciate you sitting with me as I ranted about this stuff that's had me a little upset for the last several days. Uh, But I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, If you did enjoy it, leave me a like and a comment. And as always, you can leave me a comment on the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page, or you can send me an email at freshfrozensouthener at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a good weekend. Enjoy a little bit of summer weather. Uh, Here in Pennsylvania, it is fleeting, to say the least. Uh, But get out and enjoy yourselves. I hope you have a good weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Thank you very much. (music) 